Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of Typhoid Donald to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is contextomy, also known as quote mining. And I guess that contextomy is, a, is like taking the context out of something like you take your appendix out yeah, of something. Yeah, like an appendectomy or a yeah. anyectomy. Basically, yeah. yeah so um, it is. It is taking it out of context. Quote mining is is another common term for it, where basically you just look through large amounts of text for just the right bit of text that shows what you want it to show, rather than what the person might have actually been saying. Right. And obviously, things can be taken out of context and still mean the same as the person intended. Therefore, that isn't really a fallacy. It's a fallacy when someone is using it to kind of pretend that someone said something they didn't say or meant something they didn't mean. In support of the point that you're making. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it can be used alongside arguments from authority, yep. saying Look, this, even this person says... Which sometimes happens, especially with kind of the creationist versus evolution argument. There's a kind of famous Darwin quote that's taken out of context about the eye being irreducibly complex, basically. And they've just ignored the fact that Darwin was saying, well, that's how it seems, but here's the science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's just a little bit in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You see, he said that, yeah, but he went on to say, Uh you know, but if you evolved it over hundreds of millions of years, <laughs> yeah. then it might happen. Yeah. So our first Trump example is from a tweet that Trump sent after a, a terror attack in London, uh, where he said, at least seven dead and 48 wounded in terror attack. And the mayor of London says there is no reason to be alarmed. And no reason to be alarmed is in quotes. And I, for some reason, Trump has a kind of had a... a bit of a feud with Sadiq Khan, the the mayor at the time. Um, I think because he would take him out of context and then blame him for not doing a good job and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think Khan said some negative things about Trump when he came to the UK, I think, was one kind of the, yeah. the genesis. Yeah, yeah, because he kind of went, yeah. you know, I don't want you in my town. Get out, you <laughs> idiot, you you loser, you killer, you Pretty liar. Much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, unreasonable things to say. Uh huh. Yeah. So for some reason, Trump thought this was a, a good thing to to tweet about uh, Sadiq Khan. But of course, that no reason to be alarmed is taken out of context. He did say yeah. that, and it was in an interview that he was doing about the terror attacks. But yeah. what he said was this: Londoners will see an increased police presence today, and over the course of the next uh, few days, no reason to be alarmed. So he's saying. There's going to be more police around yeah. because there's just been a terror attack. Yeah, Don't perfect, worry about the fact that there's response. lots of police around. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what you would want your mayor to do. Absolutely. Is, you know, increase the police presence in response to terrorist attack in case there's any more in order to protect the citizens of the city. <laughs> so don't be alarmed if you see more policemen. Yeah. Yeah. Once all of the media said, no, that's not what he said, here's what he actually said, Trump accused them of desperately scrabbling to kind of, you know, make it seem like he was talking sense 
and and stuff like that. But obviously, right. by, by putting it into the context. beginning of the yeah, <laughs> finding the beginning of the sentence in yeah. a desperate scrabble to just find where that quote came from. <laughs> you know, it's not not particularly desperate because you just go, we'll just switch the TV on and watch all of it rather than yeah. just pick the second bit. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, we talk sometimes and we, we probably haven't done for a few episodes about how to counter this. And the, the, mm. the easy counter for this really is to say, you've taken me out of context. Yeah. Here's what I actually said. Yeah. And the thing is, some people will try to say, you've taken me out of context. Trump does this yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like, for example, when Biden said that he talked about injecting bleach. And mm-hmm. he said I was being sarcastic, which he was not being sarcastic. No. But no. but sometimes in that kind of instance, he'll say, oh, you know, I didn't I didn't say that. Or I said, you know, that was out of context. And, and the White House has claimed he has been taken out of context in that instance when people complained that he had suggested people inject bleach. Yeah, but he said it in the context of yeah. in the presence of and in the room <laughs> about... The medical responses well, we all to saw him do it. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like you kind of go, well, what context were you? What context could you possibly have been saying it in such that that was sarcastic? Yeah. So the right. counter to the, to the counter, voice. if someone claims yeah. that they were taken out of context, the counter yeah. to that is to say, okay, well, tell me what context you used it in, and yeah. if they can't do that in a way that makes it sound not as bad as it was initially then they probably weren't taken out of context. Out of context. Or, or if they can show you the video without having doctored it via deep fake technology <laughs> in order to build it into the context. Yeah, yeah. quite. That's, yes. Yeah. So uh, our second example is one we've actually talked about before, although it was back in, I think, episode 16. So a long wow. time ago now. Is Bill Barr's summary of the Mueller report. Before it was officially it seems released. Seems like so long ago, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah, I remember God, those heady the... days of when we thought he would actually get impeached for that uh-huh. and out of office. <sighs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, Barr's initial attempt was just to lie about what it said, but not not by making up things that Muller said in his report, but by removing things that Muller said that made the yeah. the quote that he said sound better for Trump. So in his summary letter and in his press conference, Barr said this. As you will see, the special counsel's report states that his, quote, investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. So he's quoting there directly from the Mueller report. Yeah. And the quote is a true quote. But in his summary letter, we noticed that the the at the beginning of that sentence was a small t, yeah. meaning it wasn't the beginning of a sentence. The full yeah. sentence is, although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and work to secure that outcome, and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through Russian efforts, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. So, yeah. <laughs> although we found stuff that looks really bad for Trump... And they gladly <laughs> took hold of it, you know, yeah. and, and had conversations that they denied at the top of Trump Tower... About yeah, so the, cam- the campaign, based on that sentence, the campaign clearly knew what was happening yeah. and expected to benefit from it. 
and knew it was stolen information. That's, yeah. you know, that's the only really context, real way to yeah. read that that sentence. Yeah. Unless you snip off the first half of it and just go with the bit that says they didn't establish yeah, that exactly. they conspired yeah. or coordinated with the Russian government. They just took the stolen goods rather than actually break into the store and steal them or hand the guy the brick that broke the window. Yeah. So that's yeah. fundamentally, but they were in, in receipt of and benefited from stolen stuff and who knows you know what russia demanded in return maybe 400 million dollars yeah who knows <laughs> yeah payable by 2024 who knows uh-huh. who knows yeah we can't we can't say for sure no so our, our final example in Might this be our context yeah. <laughs> is is actually from the uh, vice presidential debate which happened uh, just last night as we're recording this this was a quote from pence who was uh, complaining about Obama and Biden's treatment of the swine flu epidemic. If the swine flu had been as lethal as the coronavirus in 2009, when Joe Biden was vice president, we would have lost two million American lives. His own chief of staff, Ron Klain, would say last year that it was pure luck that they did, quote, everything possible wrong. And, And we learned from that. They left the strategic national stockpile empty. They left uh, an empty and hollow plan, but we still learned from it. So Klain did say at a biosecurity summit last year that the Biden working party on the swine flu did everything possible wrong. He did use those three words in that order. Yeah. But it was during a conversation about vaccines and he was specifically talking about their efforts to produce enough of an H1N1 vaccine to meet public demand. He didn't mean and didn't say that they did everything possible wrong in their approach to tackling swine flu. And in fact, he he has said since that the Obama team quickly adapted to the situation. They made choices that were starkly different from those the Trump administration has made, um, such as quickly distributing emergency equipment from the federal stockpile, deferring to public health experts and having them take the lead on messaging, which is indeed what they did. In fact, it was declared a pandemic, I think, within a few days of the first case and immediately stuff was going out from the federal stockpile. Needless to say, Pence is lying about the fact that they left the federal stockpile empty. In fact, there were over 16,000 ventilators um, yep. available to them, still of which they that. only That's used the, yeah. 10,000. Yeah, yep. they're still doing it. Yep. Obviously, they couldn't leave them a, a, you know, a vaccine for a disease oh, that, that didn't, didn't know exist at the time. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it was the it was the efforts to get the H1N1 vaccine out to the public and produce enough doses that the administration had had trouble with. And in that respect, they were lucky that it wasn't more lethal because if it had been more lethal, their failure to to deal with the vaccine problem would have meant lots of people would have died. Yeah, which actually could be levelled at the Trump administration in the wake of COVID-19. That's exactly... What's happening? I mean, in terms of their failure to do stuff, absolutely. The vaccine problem of of not being able to get enough vaccines ready and out isn't the Trump administration's problem or fault. Yeah. It is their yeah. problem in a way, but it's not yeah. their fault. Hopefully it won't be their problem because it will be Biden's problem. Yes, exactly, um, yeah. And, and who better to yeah, oversee absolutely. that than somebody who oversaw it last time and learned from that mistake? Yeah, the idea... 
that Pence says at the end there that they learned from from Obama and Biden's mistakes is insane. Is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they learned to use their mistakes against them. Uh, by, yeah. By taking the quote out of context or, you know. Absolutely. But the stuff they did differently was was all bad. It was all, yeah. you know, um, claiming that all of the stuff in the federal stockpile was theirs and not for the states. Um, yeah. yeah. Making states compete for uh, medical equipment, not, you know, giving medical equipment like PPE to other countries before giving it to, to people in the US, yeah. just not trusting the science and and massively putting out misinformation about miracle cures and all kinds of things that they did differently from Obama and every single one of them was wrong. Yeah. So in every way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's a it's a quote that will come back to bite him and we will be there to deliver the teeth marks. And now is the time I think for marks British politics. Corner well, we know that Boris has always attempted to appeal to the Tory self-aggrandising right-wing base by showing himself to be learned, as learned as they themselves think they are, and actually try to appear more learned than he is, and certainly more so than any of his school teachers have gone on record as saying. And you can mind those quotes to your heart content. So amidst his bluster, he constantly quotes Latin and Greek and Shakespeare and French, well, franglais, and then in order to kind of bolster the truth of what he's saying, and then when those fail him, he just simply makes up quotes where none exist. He was famously sacked from his job at the Times newspaper over allegations that he fabricated a quote from his own godfather, the historian Colin Lucas, for a front-page article about the discovery of Edward II's Rose Palace. I quote his disingenuous response. The trouble was that somewhere in my copy, I managed to attribute to Colin the view that Edward II and Piers Gaveston would have been cavorting together in the Rose Palace when Gaveston was executed 13 years before the palace was built. But most recently, like Theresa May coming on stage like the rickety undead to the tune of Abba's Dancing Queen, Boris Johnson continues the Tory party tradition of being cringingly and embarrassingly out of step in their attempts to be hip, trendy and other modern phrases and engage the youth of today with references to pop culture past or, well, I was going to say present, but that would imply that the likes of Pretty Patel is aware of contemporary with her second-generation immigration heritage status London punk duo Bob Villain with their song about racist attitudes, the chorus of which ends like this, and I quote... We didn't appear out of thin air, we live here. So at the Tory party conference this week, when weirdly telling us that his weight was why he suffered so much with COVID and that he continues on the diet regime that a week of comatose intravenous feeding started, he oddly quoted M People's 1995 song, Search for the Hero Inside Yourself. And I'm going to continue that diet because you've got to search for the hero inside yourself in the hope that that individual is considerably slimmer. As if Heather Small, having said it, lends credence to what he is saying. The problem, of course, is being utterly tone-deaf to the nation's woes, the constitutional outrage expressed by the disempowered parliament in the face of his ruling by special decree and the protests of anyone alive since 1995 who has actually heard of M-People, Boris failed to realise that a song called 
We Don't Need Another Hero exists, or indeed that the same Ms. Small also sang a just as well-known song which contains the line, What have you done today to make you feel proud? Which many commentators mind with the slight tweak, What have you done today to make us or me feel proud? So they countered his quote mining by quote mining another quote from the same band which um, kind of denies what he was saying. So it's not just about putting it into context. Well, it is because they put it into context of... <laughs> yeah, if they you're used gonna it go, yeah, quite appropriately. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to go quote M people merely to, you know, um, search for the hero inside yourself, we're going to quote M people because they also said, what have you done today to make us feel proud? <laughs> which could be equally being said by the Tory party or parliament, all of bleeding England, the United Kingdom, Europe, Western Hemisphere, the world. So the ignominy of contextomy, the danger of quote mining, is that it leaves you open to cherry pickers playing you at the same game, but not necessarily in your favour. It's a really weird decision to to use that in that context as well, isn't it? It's... I mean, I'm not. I I, I'm not sure it's necessarily quote mining some because it's really. I mean, I don't know if it if it's pretending that Heather Small meant something she didn't mean as such. Yeah. But it's weird as hell that he decided exactly. that that he's talking about kind of staying on a diet because you have to search for the hero inside yourself. What the fuck yeah. has that got to do with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's and, just and an and odd actually, place to use a quote from a song. Quite. And that's the. And he does that. That and that's what the. <laughs> Tories do like the bit when he was uh doing that thing that dude thing when he's uh-huh. trying trying to <laughs> there's something about trying to appeal to millennials generation x you know baby boomers his his contemporaries i don't know what why he's doing it and there and something about you know quoting that which gives some credibility to him continuing the diet, which he didn't choose to do. He didn't. Cho- he got COVID because he was fat, and then COVID make, made him go slim because he couldn't eat for a week because he was, you know, in a coma, being drip-fed. <laughs> but, yeah, a weird thing to 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 do that. He, don't, he mishandles it, and, and it doesn't work, and it lays himself open to ridicule, which I'm all for. <laughs> so, uh, so, all right, then, so in the... The the second example, then, in the interest of balance, of course, we need to talk about the Labour Party. So, meanwhile, in Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday, Keir Starmer asked how 16,000 COVID testing records, all of them positive, were lost for over two weeks because they literally fell off the end of a qualified by being a Tory chum slash party donor slash money launderer Dido Harding and her £20 billion track and trace system, which is actually a 1987 format Excel spreadsheet. Well, beating, but, you know, spreadsheet nonetheless. (laughs) it's the best of the spreadsheets. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's no database. (laughs) No, it's not even an XLSX spreadsheet it's an xls spreadsheet which means it can't handle the number of columns they were shoving in and you would think well with 20 billion quid surely they could have at least bought a 49 inch curved screen to fit them all in or an up-to-date version of excel yeah they just use sheets yeah google sheets there you go that was free yeah libra office yeah yeah 
It's like yeah, Microsoft other, works. Other yeah. spreadsheet programs are yeah. available. Are available, yeah, but don't use them. Not for this application. So in asking this question, Keir Starmer said this. No wonder it's been described as intergalactic incompetence. Which, had he still been alive, which wouldn't have stopped Boris, let's face it, Douglas Adams might well have said, it sounds like Keir is quoting this to add some third party, possibly expert credibility to the phrase, but I can't find who he's quoting. And my suspicions are aroused over the incompetence bit, because that's a very... Labour Party and Starmer shtick. That's been their thing. They keep throwing at the government throughout this whole crisis that the government is incompetent. And if no one said the thing that Starmer is quoting and Starmer said it and said it right then, then it's an accelerated truth inside <laughs> an appeal to authority wrapped in a quote mind tucked underneath. And many people have said styled Trumpism. And I I suspect that the it's been described as reveals that it was written down in a Prime Minister's Questions briefing. So yeah. it's kind so of... It's, like, you know, it's been described. Who said that? Well, I just said it. Yeah, but, yeah, I just said that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, been described People now. said it. Yeah. It's official. I know, you've just it's on Hansard. Yeah. So, and I think that the problem with quote mining, in, well, in both those examples, is that to carry the weight being given to it and to act as the definitive go-to final word on the matter that exists as a fact a profound self-evident truth that we all agree on and can't argue against. It's got to be a quote from an accepted apartisan authority. And it also has to be being said about the exact context in which it's being used. Otherwise, it's just a variation on a clever and slightly amusing meme. For people to accept this as the way to describe what's going on, or, you know, the quote that nails what's being said. Or, or even just evidence for your point of view. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, then it's got to be something that we all know exists and we all see that where it's heading and it's got to be within the same context so that we just kind of sit back like chastened schoolchildren. We just go, mm. yeah, no, you're right. Actually, yeah, we should just shut up and and pay attention to that, you know. As Einstein once rightly said in a recent TikTok video, you can't believe everything that's been quoted on Twitter. Implied, the causal flows from premises. Conclusion arrives in logically. You've got to search for the fallacy in the wild Search for the wild fallacies Search for the fallacy in the wild Until you find the wild fallacies Got to There you go, M people there with You've got to search for the fallacy in the wild <laughs> So in The Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from a newspaper ad for a film, which was Be Cool. Right. I think it was a sequel to Get Shorty. Oh, OK. And it was, yeah, John Travolta film from 2000s, sometime long around ago that, that period. Yeah. I don't know. And this is a thing. In the UK, we have the Advertising Standards Authority, which makes sure that adverts are 
kind of truthful, at least to some extent. Um, and people can complain if they find that they've was it been misled by an advert. Or something like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that is a kind of a barrier to people misquoting people in adverts and, and right. stuff like that. It, it, it's supposed to not happen. And if it does happen, then people can get fined. They don't have the same kind of thing in the US, ah. uh, as I understand it, at least. And certainly right. they didn't when this advert was was yeah. uh, released. Because film adverts, they tend to put quotes from reviews on yeah. the adverts. But not everyone is very careful to make sure the quote reflects the full review <laughs> if yeah, i'm being yeah. quite generous yeah um, <laughs> so i always put dot 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 something dot uh-huh. dot dot and yeah 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 like, so dot, 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 brilliant dot 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 yeah so the top yes. quote on this particular yeah. advert for be cool is from uh, kevin thomas from the la times and it says travolta is as smooth as ever which is indeed a direct quote from Kevin Thomas's review of Be Cool. But yep. the full context of that quote right. is, although Travolta is as smooth as ever, the picture is a bust, a grimly unfunny comedy with no connection to reality and worst of all, running on and on for two dismal hours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex- ex- well, Yeah, because you can kind of, you can identify the butt. You can't uh-huh. actually have to ignore the, the all the stuff up to the butt, yeah. and, then, and then the truth happens. Yeah, yeah. And that's particularly damning because Kevin Thomas is, I mean, he loves every film. The, right. A, a filmmaker once said of him that he, he likes a film so long as it's in focus, and he likes <laughs> lots of films that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> there is very little that he doesn't like, but he hated Be Cool. <laughs> And yet they still used his quote used as it. like the top quote on on the, the okay. poster. Well, isn't there a so. guy in? Um, there's like it's the same with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, where um, people try and get you know that you can guarantee there are two critics. There's one who will just say he loves everything, and one who hates everything. So, and the you know the more fringe comics kind of are determined to get the guy that hates them. <laughs> on their um, on their posters on their flyers because uh-huh. that guarantees more people to come and see it because you kind of go well if, if well, he, he hates like it any... then it must yeah. be good yeah 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 whereas the other guy you go oh well it, yeah we don't trust him he'll just turn up the opening of an envelope that's uh, yeah so uh, our second example is is from a um, a libel case that was in the UK by a magazine called Private Eye and this was they've been sued for libel hundreds of times they are their satire magazine very funny but they do kind of fly close to the wind in terms mm. of um saying mean things about people sometimes yeah. and this was one in the 60s where they had this was one of their first in fact certainly their first loss in court oh, right. where they had called a book called scourge of the swastika by lord russell of liverpool pornographic and and he sued them and in the court case, their lawyer read out a, uh, an extract from the Times Literary Review. He said, With your permission, my lord, I will read an extract from the Times Literary Review. Lord Russell's works could be said to be pornographic. And the, the lawyer for Lord Russell said, Read the rest of the sentence. And Private Eye's lawyer said, But they are not. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Well, it's another example of the butt. You kind of go up uh-huh, to a yeah. butt. That's it. Yeah, I did. I edited a whole bunch of stuff for work um, 
about the Libyan constitution. It was the new Libyan constitution that was being made. I, I edited it in Tunisia because the Libyan um, team had been exiled to Tunisia. And it was in Arabic. And the the one word that I learned for Arabic in Arabic was but, which is lechen. Because if you could spot that, in it, so basically <laughs> yeah. people being interviewed, politicians, and at the moment that Lekin would come up, I would then say to my translator, so can I cut all the stuff prior to that? And they were going, yeah. Because that, you know, they kind of say, well, yes, now, uh, whilst my learned friend is obviously speaking, you know, blah, 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 but what I think, and then you could just kind of do that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Lord Russell's work could be said to be monographing. <laughs> But they're not. <laughs> so good, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's properly Pythonesque, almost, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the private eye lost that case. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of massive mistake. I think that, I don't really, know. That was isn't a it? big yeah. bit of evidence. <laughs> but um, yeah, they yeah. didn't have anything anything that worked. It could be said to be photographic, <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> that's so good, isn't it? Yeah, our final example in this section is from Arrested Development. This is an episode where Job has been doing his Aztec tomb illusion in an old people's home and a man has gone missing and uh, a news crew catches up with him to ask him about it. And the press got hold of Job's story. Where's Earl Milford? I, I don't know, all right? I, I put him in a box. I didn't kill him, all right? Don't edit this for your broadcast so it looks like I'm screaming, I killed Earl Milford! Startling confession. Tonight at 11. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. obviously they, they did edit yeah, it yeah. in that way. Yeah. And um, yeah, <laughs> this is just, I mean, it's great. It's lovely, a uh, lovely sketch because it cuts from him talking to the news crew directly to the news yeah. uh, where yeah. he is screaming, I killed Earl Milford. This is only, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, this this is the danger of... Uh, when you are saying, "Oh, everybody's saying this really bad thing about me," and then and then like you do an impression of them saying it, and that bit yeah, can yeah. then be kind of cut and used against you. Yeah. So, well, it's 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 clickbait. That's the 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 lesson we the modern equivalent of that is clickbait, isn't it? Where you kind of the headline pops up, even in you know fairly respected um, what were broadsheet newspapers that are now online, they compete. You know, when they go low, we go low. So they they compete in the same way, and they will put a clickbait bit, and you go, you know, uh, Trump is is dying, and then it says <laughs> dying to serve another four years. You know, that kind of, yeah. you click on it, you go, yeah, let's go, oh, and then you've been had. You know, and meanwhile the advertisers are going, yep, lovely, got another one. Yeah. So unfortunately, that is that is the danger of just talking. Is people can can use stuff that yeah. you've said. They can these days, obviously, especially with either stuff in print, where if people are being conscientious and and doing the right thing, they will put ellipses in or they will put kind yeah. of square brackets around bits to say this isn't you know this isn't part of the quote or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but where you say a, a thing that could be clipped out and used against you without any ellipses, even the conscientious ones won't necessarily put it into context. Yeah. Before we move on to fake news, it's just time to announce the winner of our kind of brief competition that we announced last time yep. in the hope that people would donate to Dem Causes. And indeed, people have. Thank you very, very much. There's been over $250 donated to um, to ActBlue and to Democratic candidates, which is fantastic. And we did say that we would pick someone out of a hat. 
and send them a book and a, and a T-shirt. So uh, the winner is Janet Yutter. Not a MAGA hat. It wasn't it's MAGA, not a MAGA it? hat. MAGA hat, no, or a MAGA hat. Mega, Either, yeah. Um, Sorry, what yes, was Janet. The, who was the winner? <laughs> Janet Yutta is the winner. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much, Janet, for your contribution. Do send me your details, your address, and your kind of t-shirt size, and we will get those things in the post to you. Thank you very much. We have also made our donation to When We All Vote, which yep. turned out to be the best option. It is actually a part of Act Blue, apparently, but it's a five hundred one c three part of Act Blue. So because right. they don't involve themselves directly in political campaigning mm-hmm. it is okay for us to donate to them so that's good because it's um, just about they, getting the it's vote about out. getting out the vote absolutely yep. it's yep. about getting people registered to vote and getting more people out which is fantastic it's what we want to happen so uh, we've made our contribution to that as well and uh, you know it's a little thing we're not a huge podcast but it's something that we thought would be good to do yep. so to, to thanks to very much mine, for joining in mine as does no tesco <laughs> Every little helps. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Well, as Oprah once said, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Or, as Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist Bill Maudlin said, I feel like a fugitive from the law of averages. <laughs> I feel like you're putting more kind of preparation into these bits here. So, oh, I just made that up. Yeah. Oh, really? It's quite, yeah. It's a That's quite, very good. Neither of them said either of those things. Okay. I just made them up. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, these quotes from Trump are from around the time of the first presidential uh, debate. Well, actually, it wasn't even presidential debate. It was the candidates' debate back right. in 2016. Back when he was on stage with like 12 other people. And the great thing about Trump is that he's very upset when people are mean to him and and he likes to to act it out. And so these are this is actually all from one rant, which which gives plenty of opportunities if we wanted to, to take him out of context. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and yeah, Yeah. have him saying negative things about himself. Yeah. So uh, statement number one. I was at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and they said he was so presidential. Well, when I'm on a debate stage and I have all these people throwing things at me, you've got to fight back. Somebody said, Donald, you're the leader, the prohibitive favourite. Just stand there and take it. I can't do that, right? I can't. They actually said, be presidential. I said, does that mean I can't fight? So when little Marco spews his crap about the size of my hands, which are big. (laughs) Statement number two. Donald Trump said, I can't fight. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, also, the prohibitive favourite, which is a an interesting phrase. Um, yeah, meaningless, made up. Statement nonsense. number two: <laughs> yeah. uh, Those hands right. can hit a golf ball two hundred and eighty-five yards. Those are good, strong. I've never been criticised about the size of my hands before. I'm saying to myself, "What's going on here?" So anyway, so I have to. So what do I do for the rest of my life? I have the curse that I have little hands. Little hands. Take that guy. So. I said to my people, so what do I do? Do I stand back and just take incoming and act presidential? So now I'm, Donald Trump is a con man. Brilliant. Look at that. Donald Trump is a con man. I have little hands. So good. And then, you know, and that then. one, we just got, what's going on here? A further uh-huh. proof that he's losing his marbles. Yeah. And statement number three, Donald Trump is crazy. Donald Trump would be a terrible president. 
I'm just supposed to take that. I act presidential. I can't do that. Donald Trump is racist. They don't know. So I fought back. But you never... But when I say things about little Marco, all of a sudden, Donald Trump is a bully. I'm fighting back. You know how many people would support me if I didn't fight back? Like seven. None of you would do that. I know you would. Okay. I don't know what, what the fuck is he saying? At the, at the end you know how many people Like seven. None of you would do that. Do what? Not support B7? What? Donald Trump, that's brilliant. Donald Trump's racist. Donald Trump's a bully. There you go. Donald Trump is crazy. Uh, Donald Trump would be a terrible president. You see, maybe those are all clickbait. And I'm just going to go, well, yeah, I'm going to click on that one because that's real for sure. But it could be, a, yeah, mm, and it might be, yeah, underneath it, okay, Jim Cliff, 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been criticized about the size of my hands before. Okay. Oh, mm, okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, I want him to have said all those things that we can take out of context in number three. And the little hands thing, I don't know. But see, prohibitive favourite, you might have thrown me a curveball there. All right. Well, I'm going to go for it. And, oh, no. Okay, I think. Number two is the one you made up. Okay. So mm-hmm. the other two, which do you think is more convincing? Uh, uh, number one. Okay. That sounds so. convincing, didn't it? <laughs> you sound very convinced. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So number one yeah. is yeah. Mm-hmm. real. <gasps> I was at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and they said he was so presidential. Well... When I'm on a debate stage and I have all these people throwing things at me, you got to fight back. Somebody said, somebody said, Donald, you're the leader, the prohibitive favorite. Just stand there and take it. I can't do that, right? I can't do They actually said, be presidential. I said, does that mean that I can't fight? So when little Marco spews his crap about the size of my hands, which are big. Bloody hell. You're the prohibitive so, favourite. And I go, yeah. Yeah, what is that? Do it. Because it. It, it's not... Initially, when I read it, I thought, well, the, you know, the captioner has obviously misheard what he said, but he yeah, very clearly yeah. says the says prohibitive, prohibitive favourite. Favorite. I can't think what he's trying to say. Uh, no. The, the... No. It's not... Or even what presumptive, it might mean. Presumptive, maybe? Presumptive. Presumptive favourite? But that, the favourite... The presumptive nominee makes sense. Yeah. Presumptive favourite makes no sense anyway. Yeah. Or the potential favourite, or the, I don't know. The, yeah, that's just nonsense. Yeah, but yeah, they, they loved it. They kind of went, "Yeah, uh-huh. you are. You're the prohibitive <laughs> favourite. Yeah, you're prohibiting everything. Uh-huh. Prohibition uh, favourite. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, because so, he lives in the thirties. Uh, could be. You also think number three is real? And Do, number three, yeah, is, is yeah, fake news. Oh man, you see, you threw them all in. And I fell for it. Yeah, I thought I'd loaded up with. Yeah, <laughs> um, see, I'm, I'm just a, oh, just a sucker for clickbait. Yeah, That's yeah. It. Well, I wanted to hear him <laughs> say um, <laughs> that. Really, frankly, that's what I wanted to do. Is well, is, you do get to hear him say that he has little hands. Oh yeah, oh, um, good, good. Because <laughs> number two is real. 
Yeah. Those hands can hit a golf ball 285 yards. Right? Those are good, strong. I've never been criticized about the size of my hands before. I'm saying to myself, what, uh, what's going on here? So anyway, so I have to, so what do I do? For the rest of my life, I have the curse that I have little hands. Little hands. Take that guy. So, so I said to my people, so what do I do? Do I stand back and just take incoming and act presidential? So now I'm pre Donald Trump is a con man. Brilliant. Well, we know that. That came yeah. readily to his lips, didn't it? That's so good. I have little hands. And he even does his own voice. Yeah. Little hands. Does, yeah. And then holds them up, obviously, <laughs> in my mind's eyes, holding them up, which does nothing he is, to he disprove does, uh, the fact. Holds, holds them up, especially when he's boasting about how those hands can hit a golf ball yeah. 285 yards, which I don't know how he plays golf, but no, that's he's doing it wrong. That's not you want, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if it's just your hands, <laughs> that how can you do it with just your hands? You can't, that hands would hurt have, your wrists, wouldn't it? They're minimal that, involvement. Yeah, in, they're just kind of they're gripping, they're just holding yeah. the thing, aren't they? Yeah. The rest of it, if you're doing it right, you know, from all all of my studying of Tony Jacklin <laughs> all these years, you have, or Tiger Woods, you know, you have to put your back into it, kind of thing. You're doing it wrong, man. No wonder you're so fat. You're just using your hands. You know, you're not even walking. You're getting in a cart to go to the next bit. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea that he's never been he's never been criticised about the size of his hands before. I mean, I that's that why be. Marco brought it up. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a big thing for him. It's a thing that he's really pissed off that a, a yeah. journalist once called him a short-fingered vulgarian. And, <laughs> and, and he spent the next, like, 20 years circling his hands in magazines ripping the pages out and sending them to the journalist to say, see, not small. Yeah, you know, never been criticised before, <laughs> no. So even that, he's taken himself out of context. <laughs> yeah. But they are, they're tiny, tiny accordion-playing I mean, hands. It, this isn't, at this point, it, it hasn't, I mean, for years, it hasn't mattered whether his hands are small or not. The funny thing is that he cares. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's why Marco said it. That's why... Yeah. People keep bringing it up. Him. Yeah, yeah. Because it annoys him. Because it's lo <laughs> it is lovely just to needle him a bit. You go, yeah, yeah, tiny, you stubby-fingered <laughs> Bulgarian. Yeah. Yeah, which sadly means that uh, you did not win this oh. week. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So you, right. I think you were on a bit of a roll, but now that's... I was. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, so that's uh, 20, that's 26 out of 60, which oh, is Oh, I could have been uh, 30 out of 60. Look at that. I could have been... Oh, no. Couldn't, no, 20, you could have been 27, 27 out of 60. I, I misread the 29 <laughs> as a 6 as a 9. Yeah. I'm looking at my screen upside down. That's okay. what it is. Yeah. Stop doing that, yeah. Yeah. So you're on 43%. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That's still, it's still better than chance. So you're yeah. still, yeah. you know, some yeah. way off On the 50%, run from the board of averages. Yeah. <laughs> if Trump gets another four years, who knows? Who knows? Could I could, I could. You could make it all out. the way to fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, all the way down to <laughs> three again. Yeah. I was watching the other day the social dilemma. I don't know whether you've seen that, um, but it's kind of fundamentally a uh, a thesis about the evils of social media, uh, with interviews of various CEOs of. Um, big tech companies talking about 
that but um, when i watched it it occurred to me that it actually there's a lot of fallacies going on here there's and of course lot. i yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and of course i couldn't enumerate them fast enough for the people in the room to actually keep up with me or be convinced by what i was saying so it occurred to me that actually jim would love this so i sent him a note uh-huh. and said you should watch this because i think it's possibly a bit fallacious judging <laughs> by the reaction of the people in the room who are watching who i'm watching it with who have a lot of cognitive bias towards what they're saying i think it's relying a lot on that mm-hmm. and so and then it occurred to me that actually what we could do is a, is a bit of a special so i thought that actually what we could do is we could announce that on this show because it would be a patron only bonus thing so if you'd like listening to that on that then you could join the serried ranks of our patrons and go to patreon.com sign up to our show and get to hear all sorts of other bonus material there's the entirety of fear trump in the white house already in our library um we are hacking our way <laughs> through QAnon, the an invitation to the great awakening which is, yeah, quite something to to witness. There's also the special where we did go through, so that you don't have Ghost to do watching yep. Ghost Can't Do It. The <laughs> uh, the the Trump vehicle was not a Trump vehicle; it's a Bo Derek vehicle. A, yeah, um, Trump is in it for about three minutes, but it's. I mean, it's three minutes. Why it hasn't you disappeared? Can't miss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're much like Bo Derek's nudity. Uh-huh. Donald Trump is essential to the plot. So yeah, we'll be doing a special on Social Dilemma, which is on Netflix if you want to watch it yourself, before the next uh, episode of Fallacious Trump. So that's why we wanted to tell you on this one. There will still be a Q and on episode this week. So that's this is this is extra stuff for yeah. for patrons. So yeah, if you'd like to join us for that, um, yeah, yeah, you could you could watch it first. You could you could watch it along, but it probably won't match up with what we're talking about. <laughs> so don't do that. That'll be a waste of time. But yeah, yeah go to Patreon.com/slash/ftrump and uh, and join up. It's time for the part of the episode that this week, at least, is called Trump's COVID diagnosis is not a logical fallacy. Um, because because kind of we thought it might be at first yeah yeah <laughs> and that's the the bad thing about being the boy who cried wolf is that when you say i've got a potentially deadly virus everyone goes Psh, yeah yeah right right you just had um, a terrible <laughs> debate yeah we know uh, you're losing control of the news cycle so yeah but yeah. um but i've seen ghost can't do it and he's not a good enough actor to <laughs> to be gasping for breath in the way he was when we saw him back at the white house so i believe that he has indeed um well he still has i was going to say has had it but he's still got it because it was only last week Um, and he's still in when he went back to the white house he still had like seven days to go before he you know if you're self-isolating the the cdc ruling is seven days isn't it yeah apparently self-isolating doesn't doesn't kind of apply to trump at all no 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 um because it's yeah. kind of try and touch the most people you can in a way it seems to be his method yeah um yeah super spreader so, typhoid yeah, donald it's, it, super it seems yeah. likely that either he was infected at the uh kind of outdoor maskless garden party they had for, for amy coney barrett uh yeah. or he was infected by someone who was infected there because at last count, which was yesterday, so it's probably more now, 34 White House staffers or people in 
contact with those have yeah. been diagnosed or have, have had positive coronavirus tests. And are um, they all from that? A, the, a lot the Rose of Garden them, thing. A lot of them were in that event. Yeah. And yeah. from the the stuff that was from videos of that event, we we can see, for example, Senator Mike Lee, who has who was um, has been positively tested uh was was going around hugging people and everyone was like shaking hands and kissing and yep. stuff and yep. it was just like deliberate passing on of coronavirus in a yeah. in a way that would be a felony if it was tb or something like that yeah um <laughs> yeah 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 and so tom tillis mike league stephen miller hope hicks trump himself melania kaylee mcinney and many others have come down with, with Kelly, coronavirus. Kellyanne Conway yep. as well. Yep. Mind you, how could you tell? Because she looks uh-huh. like death warmed up anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, that was a that was a kind of super spreader event, it seems. I think yeah. actually in terms of kind of new cases per day, uh, that event was probably responsible for about half of all of the new cases in DC on a, on one of the days last week. So wow. it was pretty amazing. Well, that's um, brilliant. And yeah, and so we don't actually know if Trump was infected, was contagious or anything when he went to the debate with Biden, um, because first of all, the White House won't tell us, uh, no matter how many times reporters ask, when when was President Trump's last negative test? They won't say. And he turned up too late to the debate to be tested before they went on stage. So we yeah, don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it is possible that he was already uh, infectious at that but point. There was a brilliant um, post from a QAnonna that I read today, which was um, yeah posted just that. It says, I'm going to say what we're all thinking. Well, we're not all thinking it. <laughs> Trump was fine until the debate where they set up the microphones and podiums for him. Incubation <laughs> period is two to three days. He tests positive a couple of days after the debate. I put nothing past the left. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what they did was <sighs> just get somebody to sneeze all over everything yeah. <laughs> and then stand him in front of it, knowing that, you know, up till then he's completely free yeah. of of everything and wasn't doing anything slightly um dodgy no. vis-a-vis well i mean the first viruses the, the first or even uh, wearing a mask the first bit of information we had was that hope hicks had tested positive on wednesday and it was from then on that that the kind of dominoes started to fall essentially because yep. she had been on air force one with trump and and with melania and it was i think thursday evening that trump announced that he and melania had both tested positive then they went to, or he went to Walter Reed on the Friday. He was helicoptered from the White House to Walter Reed. Just uh, like an ordinary American. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where he was given treatment by some of the best doctors in the country mm. and given some treatments that Americans don't have access to, basically. Yeah. Some things that the people do have access to. He was given um, remdesivir, which is uh, fairly common uh, treatment that's given. He was also right. given Regeneron monoclonal right. antibodies, which is an experimental treatment that is currently in clinical trials, and only less than ten people outside of the clinical trials in the US have had access to that. Wow, um, is that the stem point. cell? Yes, derived yeah. stuff. So from stem cells from 
fetus, fetal Yeah, matter. the kind of thing that Republicans tend to try and stop yeah. from yeah. happening. That kind yeah. of thing, yeah. And and that QAnoners are accusing the cabal of perpetuating yeah. for their own ends. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. So, so that's going to that. require some <laughs> gymnastics, isn't it, on the part of yeah that conspiracy um, theory? Yeah. Also, Sean uh, Sean Connolly, the uh, the physician to the president, yeah, um, said initially that he he was basically doing very well. He hadn't had any additional oxygen. Um, then a couple of days later, he said, "Well, actually, yes, he had had additional oxygen. He, his uh, oxygen sats had dropped to ninety four percent on Friday, and they had given him extra oxygen before he went to Walter Reed. And yep. when he was asked why he had basically lied and said that he hadn't, mm-hmm. Conley said that he didn't want to give any information that would change the course of the illness because keeping stuff secret from the illness." Uh-huh. If the illness doesn't know no, that he's had extra oxygen, it won't yeah, work. It pro- won't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was quoted out of context, but no. No. Yeah. No, he just lied. He lied and then, yeah. he, then he said, <laughs> I didn't want I to lied. say it in case the virus heard <laughs> and realised it was doing uh-huh. damage and would keep going. Because if you realised yeah. he was you know, dealing with an, an immortal, an invulnerable <laughs> immortal, it would just give up and leave. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because um, that's, how, that's how viruses work. <laughs> They've got ears. Yeah. yeah. So there's various photo ops at Walter Reed where Trump pretended he was doing work, um, but yeah. he was clearly signing his signing name on a blank, blank piece of paper. paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I wanted somebody to take one of those bits of paper and say, I, I hereby... Resigned the office of the president of the United States yeah. due to being ill with COVID, and there it is signed. And you just <laughs> take it away, or you know, uh-huh. um, I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of four hundred million dollars <laughs> in in rubles. You know, to, um, maybe <laughs> Russia, yeah. And um, yeah, so some of the photo ops that he had um, were set up to look like they'd been done at completely different times. He was wearing a jacket right. in one and not in the other, and they were in different yeah. areas of a workstation. They, check the behind they, checked, well. they checked the um, the data on the photos, and it was actually yeah. they were taken 10 minutes apart. So <laughs> it was clearly that they had set it up to make it look like he was doing work at Walter Reed. And we know he doesn't do yeah. work when he's in the fucking Oval Office. Oh, well, exactly. So yeah. why he would be getting on with work when he's at the hospital, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Maybe yeah, he wanted to present bits of that paper. he was yeah, fine. Was... You know, you didn't need to worry about it. He's all right. He was getting and on was with fine stuff. Over and, a long yeah, period perfectly of time. all right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then the uh, doctors announced that he had been given dexamethasone, which is a fairly strong corticosteroid, yeah. which is usually reserved for people who are kind of further. They have more symptoms. They right. they are it's not just kind of shortness of breath or anything like that. Yeah. So yep. maybe they were just like they're giving him everything they could, or maybe it was a bit worse than they said it was. It's yep. not clear. But one thing about this, the dexamethasone is it makes you feel invincible. It makes you right. feel like you're a, like really kind of completely strong and fine yep. again, oh, even though you're you're not France. and you're still ill. Yeah. 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 Um, so when he when when he then did like tweets saying I feel better than I did 20 years ago and did videos saying I feel great, I feel, you know, fantastic. Yeah. It's because he's on steroids. You're on That's massive why. steroids, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he went for a, a quick tour around the outside of the hospital 
in his mm. uh in his SUV yep. sealed in a box with some uh secret service people some poor who, saps who, that isn't know. how yep. they're supposed to risk their life for the president yeah yeah <laughs> Who've, who've now uh, have they tested positive or have they just I kind of disappeared from view? Imagine they've got to be isolated, but I don't yeah. know. I, we haven't heard. Um, but Dr. James Phillips, who's an attending physician at Walter Reed, also chief of disaster medicine at George Washington University, he called it political theatre. He said the pres- presidential SUV is not only bulletproof but hermetically sealed against chemical attack. The risk of COVID nineteen transmission inside is as high as it gets outside of medical procedures. The irresponsibility wow. is astounding. Wow. So. Yeah, because that's going to be much, much higher than, you know, six people in the Weatherspoons, yeah. you know, talking over a beer. It's going to, oh my God. Yeah. It's not. It, it's hermetically sealed. There is no movement of air. His supporters. Yeah. Ugh. And look like he was still alive. Yeah. 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 Um, and, then, and then he uh, was either released or left against medical advice. I don't yeah. know. It depends what his doctors were telling him but he left and and headed back to the white house in marine one yep before he left walter reed actually he did do another video saying that he'd learned a lot about covid he'd learned it he said i learned it by really going to school this is the real school this isn't the let's read the books school and i get it and i understand it and it's a very interesting thing and i'm going to be letting you know about it let me just stop you there a real school (laughs) Uh-huh. Is where they do <laughs> they do read, read the books, books. Yeah. in a real school. That's yeah. how you know it's a real school. <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. that's what you know. If somebody said, "What did you do at school today?" Oh, yeah, we read a book. If you were to draw a picture of a school, you would you or look on Getty Images for uh, kids at school. They'd be sitting at a desk with books with their hands up, and the teacher kind of pointing at stuff. Yeah, what yeah. Kind of school is the school of hard and wouldn't knocks? It, isn't it? Wouldn't it be awesome if? The president of a country where seven and a half million people have have had this disease and 210,000 have died from it had already learned that stuff. Yeah. Like in just just from the eight Just from the numbers. Yeah. Just from the fact that 210,000 people are dying from it. That's all you need to know right there, really. Because he's just the biggest fucking narcissist in the world. Until it happens to him, he doesn't learn anything about it. Quite. Well, that was the whole of the Boris experience. You know, we've had it in the UK. You think, yeah, yeah, we've we've had exactly the same thing. You know, bumbling, overweight, oaf with weird hair, who gets COVID, and then we think, all right, finally. So, and then for like a week, there was sort of humility and staring down the face of death and realizing what all these people have gone through, not least the medical services that had helped you through it, many of whose compatriots had died in the first wave, you know, only to, like a week later, that should we give them a pay rise? No, fuck that. You know, yeah let's, yeah. let's get out and clap them and at the same time charge them for parking and charge any foreign ones, the two foreign people that Boris was very careful to describe and name, Let's charge them for studying medicine in the UK. It's a, it's well, a familiar narcissistic thing. Good, good luck getting a week of humility out of Trump yeah. or a moment well, of humility well, at all. Yeah, how long was um, it before, you know, between I've learned a lot, you know, I'm going to, you know, and then... Well, it was and, it was less than a full day between that and <laughs> tweeting yeah. that it's, that you know, the flu is just as bad, basically. Yeah. And you don't need to worry about COVID. It's fine. 
Um, because yeah, you know, because you're mithering. He's basically because he yeah. is essentially, you know, what four days after um, being diagnosed, he's cured now. Yeah. He reckons. Yeah. Not only is immune, you could because, use my blood. And, yeah, because um, we have the best doctors in the world. Therefore, all Americans are going to be fine. It's not a problem mm. anymore. And all of these things have been developed under my administration. Yeah, which, yeah, but not again, because of your administration. But they haven't even. The Regeneron. <laughs> no. Regeneron. Yes have been developing it since, obviously, since the virus came along. Well, yeah, um, it's a response but, to the virus. But the yeah. other, all the other medicines he's had, apart from that one thing that other Americans can't have, yeah. have not, they already existed. Yeah. yeah. He's got it free, and he didn't even pay the fucking taxes to contribute yeah. to the system that pays it for <laughs> him. pay for that. Exactly. Yes. $750, <sighs> not going to get you much. Maybe a prescription for painkiller. That's it. Yeah. A cab, cab ride to the office. Yeah. So he headed back to the White House and yep. and walked up the steps and immediately took off his mask because fuck yep. everyone who live, who works at the White House. Yeah. Um, and and stood there on the balcony just wheezing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had asthma all my life. I know right. what it is to to not be able to breathe properly. Yeah. And I could see it. It's he is struggling. He is gasping for breath. He is not okay, and he's he shouldn't be out of hospital. Yeah. And and according to Larry Kudlow, the next day he was back down in the Oval Office. I I don't know whether to believe that, and the White House have denied mm. it. But they've mm. said that he wanted to be. But whether he is just around the the residence or or wandering around the West Wing, yeah, you know he's infecting and he is yeah. risking all of those people. And so are people disappearing and, and like not turning up for work or or going down, dropping like flies? Well, as I said, from, as, of, as of yesterday, it was more than 34 people. Wow. Um, I don't yeah. know what the what the total is now, but I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be more. Yeah. Cause... yeah. Don't, and, and, and the CDC's recently announced that it is airborne. It's yep. not well, just I mean, the thing proximity. is, they did that a few weeks ago and then mm. immediately took it back off their website and claimed yep. that was a mistake. Um, yep. But yeah, they've put it back on there now and said, yes, it is It is airborne and, and potentially more than six feet away. Well, even if he's just breathing yeah. and, and moving around the building. He shouldn't be back. Without at, a mask. I mean, no. I, I, I haven't been able to track down the original, but I've seen lots of reports that the, the hospital records put his weight at o- over 300 pounds. Um, yeah. which is, I mean, which isn't surprising at all, not even slightly. Yeah. If yeah. they said he was 239 or whatever his previous doctor claimed he was, that would be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. But Ronnie Jackson sent out a tweet initially when, when he was first diagnosed to say that the president um, has no comorbidities, which isn't either <laughs> how you say that or true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, his comorbidities include being 74 and being obese. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- 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 in his age group with with his weight class, um, the odds of survival are still 90%. But that's 10% of people who die. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, obviously, he is getting the best care in the world. But he's not in any way attempting to keep himself isolated it seems no i mean he's in the he's in the group that uh, in this country we were that that was the shielding group Mm. so they were the ones that all the scandal that um people like him 
was sent home in the state that he was sent home only to infect entire um, nursing homes, you know, in entire elderly housing complexes. They were, you know, they were sent home in that state and contributed to the massive wipeout of of old people's homes. Yeah. So there he is. It's just, and yet he's learned a lot from covid He's, you know, from having it, he's learned that don't let it dominate your life. And you kind of think, well, yeah, well, you can talk because, yeah. you know, and no other leader wouldn't do what I've just done. Yeah, yeah. He like, well, he got, lots of he other got leaders COVID did. for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, took one for the team. Weird. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the, the right wing, obviously, as soon as he was diagnosed, uh, I... To be honest, although, you know, he is the worst person ever, there's several reasons I don't wish he had died or still don't wish he dies from it. Two of them are Mike Pence. Partly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, partly is I want him to to be prosecuted for most of the stuff he's done. And that doesn't happen if he dies. So that would be a shame. But I, I also just don't agree with kind of wishing wishing death on people. I think that's no. generally bad. But but obviously yeah. some left wing people even did do that, but mostly were saying that, oh, you know, good he's got it. Rather than yeah. oh what a shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, and apparently I think forty percent of Democrats were happy that he'd got it. And again, that doesn't mean that forty percent wanted him to die. It just yeah. means like yes, good poetic justice. He's yeah, yeah. he's been saying this shit about it. He's been endangering people's lives. Now that it's affected him, like that's the only thing that might make a difference. That's the only yeah. you know it might give him an insight into what's been impact. going on, and he yeah. might be a, you know he might be a bit more magnanimous. I, pff, what yeah, am I even and thinking? the hilarious thing yeah. is, people like Charlie Kirk and other right wing voices, yeah. basically having been attacking people on the on the left for for four years now at least yeah. suddenly saying oh you're being so mean you know uh, why, yeah. why aren't you why aren't you yeah. kind of hoping for the best for our president you're how can you be so mean you bastards yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> having been mean yeah uh-huh. for, for every day up till that point yeah yeah oh it's yeah it's bizarre and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about I know this seems like a million years ago now, but we kind of have to talk about Trump's taxes. The story broke hours after we finished recording our last episode, which means the fact that Trump paid less federal income tax in 2016 and 2017 than the average podcaster is somehow not in the news cycle anymore because 2020. Honestly, when I pick the headlines the day before we record, there's a 50-50 chance 12 more important or upsetting things will have happened by the time we do this. Anyway... As everyone knows by now, the New York Times got hold of Trump's taxes and showed that he paid $750 in tax in both 2016 and 2017, and zero in 10 of the 15 previous years. His supporters desperately tried to ignore this while pointing out that the documents didn't reveal any links between Trump and Russia, but quickly ran away when anyone mentioned the fact that Trump is over $400 million in debt and we don't know who he owes. Maybe Russia. Maybe. While we're all reeling from the news that Trump's businesses aren't as successful as he claims they are, at least we know why he's fighting so hard to stay in a job he clearly hates. He can't afford to move out of government housing. (laughs) Well, 
We awaited the great debate in great anticipation as the Guardian newspaper reported an aged white male was pitted against an aged orange male. Not since the tall and tanned and young and lovely JFK from Ipanema was up against the pained and pallid damp-faced Nixon has such badinage and repartee been promised. Yeah, right, said no one ever. Still, with COVID rules in place, at least we wouldn't have to suffer a repeat of Trump prowling around the back of Hillary. But it did mean we were deprived the pleasure of Biden walking over and punching Trump square in the face hole as we ordered our shut up man T-shirts that appeared on the Democrats campaign site. Immediately, Joe had said it. And Joe had to say it because Chris Wallace was so caught rabbit-like in the orange headlights of Trump's incessant excrescence interrupters that he could neither work the rules nor the mic off switch. And when the obituary of America is written, the first lines will contain the immortal pronouncements of POTUS 45 gleaned from this lofty interplay of two giants of the philosopher kingdom in discussing how best to cradle and nurture everyone in their care. Ask not what Trump will do for himself in spite of America, but rather what can America continue to do for Trump and still be blamed for it not being enough? Yeah, I'm not that. But what are you? Why are you pointing my way? He did it more than me. Mr. President, please, please, Mr. President, the rules, the rules. Stand by. I'm proud of you, my very fine supremacist boys. And it will end with Dana Bash from CNN uttering the self-evident and universal truth that we all hold dear, that this truly was our finest shit show. Oh, to have been a fly on the wall at the Veeps debate, hey? Yes, the VP debate. Well, it was okay. I mean, it was a thousand times better than the presidential shit show in that people actually, you know, debated a bit. But you can gauge the level of excitement from the fact that a fly that sat on Pence's head for over two minutes was by far the most talked about aspect. Obviously, Kamala won, with a particularly strong answer on the economy being a highlight and several opportunities to shut Pence up like a schoolteacher waiting for quiet. Both candidates avoided some questions, but Pence made it a personal mission not to answer the question he was asked, at one point choosing instead to ask Kamala a question and then complain that she hadn't answered it. He answered several questions by claiming that Biden would raise everyone's taxes and none of those questions were about the economy. Basically, he showed what Trump's lies would look like if they were delivered in a calm, almost comatose manner, instead of by a frothing maniac. The debates continue next week, or do they? The Commission on Presidential Debates has announced that the next debate will be virtual due to Trump still being infected with a deadly contagious virus. But as of this recording, Trump says he won't take part if it's virtual, presumably because trying to get Biden infected is his only real hope at this point. Given the fact that he dials into bloody Fox News constantly... (laughs) You know, it's not like he's not at ease with talking virtually to people who are not uh-huh. listening to him. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I really liked is that the Biden campaign put out a fly swat almost immediately uh-huh. as well. Yeah, they got, they got a lot flies. of donations from that. So good. Just when you thought there was no inkling of any glimmer of light, hope or exhilaration emanating from the crack of the arse end of 2020, let joy be unconfined. Our comedy evil villains, Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman, have, have handed themselves in. The sweetest sounding three little words you'll ever hear exchanged between two people handed themselves in. Yep, 
the exciting chapter in the lives of the super chumps. We brought you the episode before last where they said they had nothing to do with the intimidating robocalls. The black and minority voters has caught up with them. They're charged with a count of election law, intimidating voters, five-year felony, a count of conspiracy to commit an election law violation, five-year felony, a count of using a computer to commit the crime of election law, intimidating voters, a seven-year felony, and using a computer to commit the crime of conspiracy, seven-year felony. Disappointingly, they'll only officially have to face a maximum of 12 years in jail. But excitingly, there is room for judges' discretion. And if the judge is as discreet as they have been, they ain't never getting out. There's a lot of misinformation out there about the coronavirus, and researchers at Columbia University decided to look into where all this bad information is coming from. You're not going to believe this, but having analysed 38 million articles about the virus, they discovered the single biggest driver of misinformation about COVID is a Mr Donald J Trump of Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. Of the 38 million articles, 1.1 million contain misinformation, with 46% of those containing conspiracy theories and 27% involving miracle cures. Trump was invoked in almost 40% of all the untrue stuff. Finally, Trump can legitimately claim he is the best in the world at something. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So good. COVID has wrought many problems on ordinary American citizens. But it's not been an even-handed thing. In Trump's America, to quote mine Nina Simone, them's that got shall get, them's that not shall lose. Though admittedly she got it from Matthew thirteen twelve, which is where non-profit organisation Farmers to Families has stepped in with their food box programme, providing produce for free for those most in need. Ironic, given that because of Trump and his big uh, brain, when it comes to trade and tariffs, most of the farmers in America are approaching the breadline themselves. Ever mindful of his non-fulfilment of his duties to aid and assist anyone in the nation except himself, Trump has asked that each box includes a letter from him, big Sharpie signature and all, apologising for his willful negligence and unforgivable misdeed in that regard, which he goes on to humbly accept borders on the criminal, if not appearing at the Hague-style genocidal behaviour. Now, of course not... There is a letter mandated to be included in each box which usurps all the charitable altruism of Chief Executive Carlos Nelson and it claims as Trump's own, not the congressional governments, not the federal authorities, not local supporters, Trump his own self. And in Spanish too. Presumably to ingratiate himself with the Hispanic voters he's so crudely disenfranchised for the last four years. An echo of his putting his signature on the support checks sent out under the Congressional Cross-Party COVID support scheme, it puts me in mind of Yossarian in Catch-22, reaching for the painkillers to help ease the poor kid who's on the edge of death, having been shot down in Vietnam, only to find a paper bond certificate from Milo, the war profiteer. Thankfully, as Carlos Nelson points out, his organisation has a highly efficient litter collection and recycling team at the distribution events. And now also a solution to the toilet paper shortage. In yet more news you wouldn't see if Trump's America was a functioning democracy, Georgetown University have produced a series of fact sheets to let you know what to do if you see armed militia intimidating voters at your polling place. You know, like Trump urged his supporters to do during the debate, just after he failed to condemn white supremacists. Since this is fucking unbelievably necessary information right now, we'll have a link in the show notes so that you can download the fact sheet for your state. Can we just stop this now and go back to normality? Please vote so that can happen. Vote. Meanwhile, in the 51st state, 
The Tory party conference were conducted online, which meant Boris was where he likes to be most. Nowhere fucking near ordinary people with their pesky questions and demand for accountability, equality, or indeed quality. Artless cultural philistine of the exchequer Rishi Sunak told us that all the members of the highest grossing income sector in the United Kingdom who could no longer work because opera houses, theatres, music venues are still off limits as a result of the government not being able to operate Lotus 123, uh, sorry, a world-beating track and trade system, should retrain and get new jobs. Just like they lobbied relentlessly for the then Labour Chancellor to tell those freeloading bankers to all get new jobs after the crash of 2008. Increasingly vampiric Home Secretary Priti Patel is advocating that asylum seekers should be processed in the Ascension Islands, not because that's where Transylvania now is, but because presumably small French-sourced inflatable dinghies won't make it that far, or that refugees fleeing mainly UK-supplied armed conflicts will be delighted to be able to get the BBC World Service there, broadcasting new episodes of Spitting Image, where Boris continuously threatens to sack Dominic Cummings' Soto Voce, only to be threatened and in return by Dom from the planet Gork, asking, can you eat babies? In the 80s, it was a light-hearted comedy. Now it's a hard-hitting documentary. Meanwhile, on the left, well, nothing. New middle ground middle manager mid-grey Keir Starmer would welcome a bit of distance from the unions after the leader of the organisation representing the largest proportion of the UK's workforce says it will cut funding donations to the Labour Party as they feel it is no longer representative of the needs of its membership. Welcome aboard, Len McCluskey. So does the majority of the membership of the Labour Party itself. We're all off to join the Social Dilemma's extreme centre party. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our strawman level patrons, Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan and our true Scotsman level top patron, you can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last gasping word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is contextimony. No. Money? Contextimony. Yeah, is it contextomy or context? I think it's contextomy, like like a like, appendectomy. Right. I think that's yeah, not many. I keep reading no. too many minis. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news. The game already. No, I'll try that again. <clears throat> I was too excited about it. <laughs> <laughs>